Hey everyone, I'd like to start off by saying that I am sincerely sorry for the unexpected hiatus I've been on. Honestly, I've been on the job hunt and life has been pretty hectic as of late. But we're back now, ready to roll, and I am fully tuned in. So, thanks for listening and sticking with me. And I also wanted to give a big shout out to our new listeners all the way in the Netherlands. Welcome. So, let's get to chapter three of Miko and the Grey Citadel. Previously on Miko and the Grey Citadel, Miko confronts his dad about the incident with his eyes. Chapter 3 Squeezing them with every last ounce of strength that he had, Nico closed his eyes and envisioned an endless summer with Talora and Quinn. His parents had kept their word, and Miko got to go on a small vacation with the two of them. Miko, I'm kind of suffocating here, dude. Quinn wheezed. Same, Talora added in, squirming out of Miko's death grip. Malcolm and Kat were busy loading up the car, so Miko took the chance to wring out more time with the two of them. You act like you're going to die, Miko, Talora said, rubbing her back. I mean, we'll see you when you get back, right? Yeah, Quinn started. I mean, you're not actually moving, right? Like you're not going to move? You're not leaving forever, are you? I don't know, guys, Miko admitted. This is the weirdest thing ever. Like, they won't tell me anything about where we're going. They could be shipping me off to Japan or something for samurai training camps. I mean, that'd actually be pretty cool, honestly, Talora said with a laugh. I'm serious, Talora. I don't know where I'm going. Remember what we talked about yesterday? About my dad? Miko glanced over his shoulder to Malcolm. Yeah. Did something else happen to him? Quinn questioned, joining Miko and inspecting Malcolm. I can't be sure, Miko shrugged. I just... I just feel like something has been different about him. Ever since I fell last year and broke my arm, he's been... off. Maybe it's his job, Talor replied. I mean, my mom travels for work sometimes, too, and she gets grumpy, tired, and kind of mean when she comes home. Miko shook his head and clenched his jaw. 
No, it's not that. I mean, there was this one time when he had a huge bruise on his back, but I don't think that had anything to do with this. I just feel weird around him now. It's puberty. Quinn spoke before he thought about what he was actually going to say, which wasn't too uncommon. Shut up, Quinn. Jeez. Talora shoved him and rolled her eyes. What? My mom says it can happen early to some people. Yeah, it can, but it's not going to make his parents start acting weird, you doofus. The three of them debated amongst themselves for quite a bit until the sound of car tires drowned them all out. Quinn and Talora's parents exited their cars and waved to Malcolm and Kat. The three of them watched as the adults exchanged hugs and sturdy handshakes and struck up conversation. Keeping a close eye on him, Miko studied Malcolm's behavior. He looked happy, unbothered, as if they didn't just have a strange and mysterious conversation. It made Miko somewhat angry inside, frustrated, as if Malcolm were putting on a rather convincing facade. Breaking away from the conversation, Kat called the kids over and had them line up next to each other. Okay, guys, get close. I want to take a quick picture. Talora tried to hide her objections, but she couldn't help but frown. Talora, fix your face. Her dad spoke and pointed a stern finger. Tossing their arms awkwardly over one another, they reluctantly prepared for one last photo. Their parents gathered around with their phones and began to call their attention to ten different angles. They had only taken a few when Quinn elbowed Miko and informed him that he had to sneeze. Miko shook his head no quietly and faced the cameras again. Quinn then elbowed Talora and whispered the same. A look of dread crossed her face and she shot a dangerous glance to him. He tried to hold it in as best as he could, but he knew that he was going to blow sooner or later. On the last photo, Quinn let out a thundering sneeze that sent snot and boogers flying in all directions. Miko gagged as a stray booger landed on his cheek, and Talora screamed in horror as snot misted her face. It was a strange ending to their time together, but nonetheless, it was a memory Miko quietly swore that he'd hold on to forever. The road they were taking was similar to the one that Miko took when he went to Camp Log Hall. Remote, bumpy, and just wide enough to fit a car going one way. Cat would occasionally look in the rearview mirror to him and acknowledge his emotionless gaze. She knew that he needed as much space as they could give him, but all the same, the motherly urge to hold her child was strong. Malcolm rested a gentle hand on her thigh and without looking to her, smiled reassuringly. Many beautiful mountains passed, icy blue streams tore through the land, and yet intense boredom had set in and Miko found himself tapping his head against the window and clawing at the door. His heart ached at the thought of not seeing Quinn and Talora, so much so that it almost made him physically sick. Rolling down his window, he stuck out his head and let the crisp mountain air fill his lungs. Exhaling a small bit of his worries, he tried to see some sort of the bright side to all of this. He wished that he could stuff himself into the wooden cradle of the mother tree, but 
he was too upset to actually go to sleep. The sun beat down on Miko's face, giving a perfect mixture of a cool breeze and a warming light. You okay back there, sweetie? Kat raised her voice a bit. The whipping of the rushing wind was too loud for Miko to hear anything, so he didn't respond to Kat's question. Eyeing him in the passenger side mirror, Kat exhaled sharply at the sight of her not-so-little boy. Sweet memories of Miko started to come back to her. His first cries when he was born on that hollow and storming night. His first steps, and he was an early walker. The time when he and Malcolm played hide-and-seek together all night and Malcolm almost really lost him. She recalled Miko's very first day of kindergarten, and he refused to let her go, stuck to her like a burr, and he made himself almost two hours late. In first grade, Miko had a sleepover at a friend's house, and in the dead of night, he called Kat and asked her to read him a story. Of course, she did, and shortly after, she heard him hit the ground with a loud thud, and he was fast asleep. The sweet memories swelled inside of her and brought her peace and comfort. Then, like a blade cutting through an enemy, memories of the hardships Miko had endured ate their way to the front of her mind. Miko's first true nightmare. His muffled moans while he slept, then waking him up in a panic and covered in hot sweat. Watching him fall from the rocks and crashing into the ground, unresponsive and motionless. Kat ran as fast as she could, but knowing that she wouldn't make it in time. Clutching him in her arms and racing back to the car, tripping and stumbling and crying through those damp, lonely woods. And recently, hearing Miko confess the fear of his own father of Malcolm's glowing and harrowing eyes that she, too, wished she hadn't seen. It felt like it had only been a day in her life, and now Miko was heading into a world so treacherous and vile that she felt she had failed him in every way. The love Kat had for Miko was immeasurable and profound, but in the moment, she felt it to be just a fraction of that. What if she was a bad mother? What if Miko hated her after it was all over? That final thought began to fester in her mind and corrupt all of the goodness she had in her. Her breathing intensified and her throat began to constrict and a twisting knot formed in her chest. Trying to clear her throat profusely, she winced oddly and laid her head back into the seat. Her heart raced and she writhed uncomfortably. Even her palms grew unusually gray and clammy. This time, Kat reached over and clamped down on Malcolm's thigh so hard that it almost made him swerve off the road. Babe, Malcolm pulled off to the side and quickly put the car in park. What's going on? Out. Out. I need to get out, Malcolm. I need to get out right now. Kat desperately unbuckled her seatbelt 
swung open the door and practically crawled out onto the pavement. Mom? Migo undid his seatbelt and was going to go after her, but Malcolm stopped him. Stay in the car, he ordered. But Mom looks, Miko. Stay in the car and roll up the window. Malcolm's voice deepened to a growl. Hopping out, Malcolm raced around the front of the car and rushed to Cat's aid. White-knuckled and leaning over the guardrail, Cat choked back tears and was a blubbering mess. Catherine, babe, what is going on? Malcolm laid a hand on her back, and she flinched at his touch. I don't want to do this, Malcolm. Cat sobbed. Do what? Malcolm replied, removing his hand and taking a step back from her. You know what I mean, Malcolm. Cat raised her voice, but lowered it quickly as not to alert Miko. I don't want to send them to this, this training ground. What if he doesn't want to do it? What if they don't like him? Doesn't he have a say in his own life? What if he hates us for this? For taking him away from his friends and throwing him straight into the fire, Malcolm. To Laura and Quinn mean the world to him, and God knows how this is going to reshape him and his future and change their friendship. Placing himself between her and the rail, Malcolm grabbed Kat's hands and squeezed them ever so tightly. Do you think I don't know that, Catherine? I don't want him to be friendless or isolated, and he won't be. He's not going to go through this alone. We won't let him. You know why he has to go. If he doesn't, he could lose himself just like that. The little kid that you promised would grow big and strong and smart, he'd crumble, Cat. He's already experiencing more than anyone else ever has. He's different, and we've known he's been different for quite some time. This is the most critical point of his life. And if we don't protect him and give him the tools that he needs to survive what's coming, they will take him from us and there will be nothing we can do to stop it. Tune in next week to find out how chapter three ends. And this time, I promise it'll happen. No excuses. I'll see you all then.